remember the group Aha, Take On Me? Remember from from Norway, Take On Me, Take Me On. up this podcast is going to be a fun ride we're going to be talking about electrical vehicles uh solar power environment lots of good stuff like that uh, but you know when i was a young kid in my early 20s back in the 1990s if you can remember back that far if some of you were even alive then i drove a dodge omni a dodge omni was a very efficient car it was a compact hatchback car, if you can visualize that, roll-up windows, uh, stick shift, had a tape cassette in it as well. I was driving that from Ontario to New Brunswick, which was about a 12-hour drive, and I was at, near the end of the drive in one of those, you know, uh, driver trances, if you want to call it that, where you can't remember the last two hours at all, and I'm thinking, how in the world do people get through those? How do we stay on the road when we're like that? Right. We've all been there, trust me. Okay, don't don't lie. You've been there. Anyways, I was woken up from that that trance by the engine stopping, and I knew right away what that was. I was out of gas. I was supposed to gas up two hours ago, and I was almost at my destination. So I'm crawling down the the uh, the Trans Canada Highway to make matters worse. I was actually going up a hill, but I managed to crest the top of the hill and coast down the hill all the way to an Irving gas station. And thank you, Mr. Irving, for putting your gas station there because you saved my, my, not my life, but you saved me from a lot of, a lot of turmoil. Anyways, I'm telling you all that because at that time I had these thoughts. I thought, why don't we have a vehicle where we don't even have to gas up, where we don't have to put this shit in our car that stinks, it pollutes the environment. Why can't we have something that recharges itself as we drive, you know, like from the sun? What if it can be electric? You know, what if we could do that? What if it could recharge from the wheels moving or the brakes and stuff like that? So I had that thought, but no technology at that particular time. But fast forward to 2024, most of that is available to us today or is being perfected for us to use now. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today mm -hmm. in this podcast. And if you didn't know it by now, you are watching the City DNA podcast, The People in Our Neighborhood. This is the podcast where we talk with local people who we find interesting. And there is nobody more interesting than our guest today. He is a personal friend of mine. He is an EV connoisseur, an environmental lover. He is an actor, a teacher, a husband, a father. He is the man that everybody wants to be, Mr. John Watson. John, what's going on? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really, from your introduction, is what's going on there. That's hilarious. <laughs> Tell me that has not happened to everybody that's listening, run out of gas yeah, at one my, point my, in their my life. Brother, yeah, my brother and sister are going, really, who the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, it's going great, man. And, and I'm really, really pleased to be here. And uh, yeah, that's a great story. Holy cow. How old are you when that, that happened, when you were... Cat I was 19, in the 90s. I was actually, let's see, I was in my early 20s. Actually, I might have been only 20 years old. Yeah. I think I was. I was 20 years old, 1993 or four. That's funny. I'm so glad you told that story because you know what? It actually brought me back to something I had, I had blanked out on because I was like, well, what was my first car? And mine was also, it was a tiny, the really small original Honda. Like I'm, I'm clearly older than you, so this is like way before that. It was a Honda CVCC. Oh wow! And it was the original, like little, it basically it's the size of like a Honda Fit today. And they they had quality problems back then. It was kind of like what the early Hyundai Ponies were like, and mm -hmm. perhaps some of the the early Chinese products were like, which is not an issue now because they really get in quality, and so the quality eventually came in. But I remember having problems with the with the motor, and I remember being on a trip, and I can't remember where I was coming from, but the piston rings were going, the engine head, the head was like warping out, so it was burning oil, and every time I was going up a hill, like on the highway, it was like spewing black. Oh, it was bad. It was like I was coal rolling people, and I didn't intend to. So it, it's just hilarious for me to think now back to that's where we were back in yeah. the, uh, the 80s. 
Well, that's actually a good kind of introduction too, because it reminds me of that same car where, you know, many times I've gone, did that trip from Ontario to New Brunswick and back. And mm. there's been many times I've been on the side of the highway, you know, in the middle of the winter and all yeah. is, that's around our farm fields. And I remember walking through three feet of snow to a farmhouse because my, my car had stopped. Yeah. And of course they don't speak English there. And where that was, it's like, they definitely don't speak English. It's like pure right. French. Right. And uh, the guy told me to put water on the top of my, um, I forget what it's called now. See, we don't have to deal with these problems is my point, though. We don't have yeah. to deal with engine problems as much as we do did back then. It was thing, man. Yeah, in the 50s, like 50s, 60s, 70s, it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, you had a boil over. Like what? Yeah, you're what, What's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and so that brings me to EV cars where yeah. there's none of that. There's hardly any moving parts in that. No. What a great idea. wonder who yeah, came up with that amazing. idea. Who came up with it? <laughs> Do you want to know how early? Hey, this actually, is I'd I... like to. I'd like to know if you know the history. I'd like to know because I think I know, but I'm probably wrong. Go for it. Well, you tell me what what you think, and and it's okay to be wrong. Well, now I know I'm wrong. Surprised. Well, you know, so we all know the modern day part where Elon Musk has made his cars. Sure. Obviously, that it's not. He just didn't wake up one day and said, "Oh my God, let's do this." Um. I think it came from Tesla days back when, um, what's his first name? Oh, when Nikola Tesla himself. Nikola Tesla. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. it came from him somehow. Um, yeah. I don't know, but I know that there used to be, uh, electric cars way back then, but for yeah. some reason they just stopped making them. Yep. So it was, it was way back even before when, before you even thought, and before I even thought I was 1832. Really? Holy shit. 1832. So literally like a horseless carriage. It was like a carriage and let's get rid of the horse and let's take the front bits off and let's put a small motor on it and a battery. And the battery was actually made of, it was a crude oil battery. So it was not rechargeable. It wasn't reusable. And this was in Scotland. I've forgotten the gentleman's name right now, but that was the first one that they have. There, there were, there were a number of spots. It was kind of like back in the day when, when, when they were trying to, uh, get the first flying machine. And everyone was trying it all around the world in different spots. And then finally, the Wright brothers got the first, you know, sustained flight. Uh, there were a number of places in, in Scandinavia, in Germany, in Holland. And there, there was a gentleman in Scotland who was the first one who, who created a horseless carriage that was then, uh, it was shown um, uh, at an exposition. Uh, fast forward a couple, probably about 30 or 40 years, and we start getting rechargeable batteries. And then by the late uh, 1800s, so just around the turn of the century, that's when we, we had this really interesting situation where in New York City, you literally had steam-powered car cars, you had uh, ICE cars, internal combustion engine, you had electric. And so it was about 40% electric and then 30-30 for the other pair. Really? The steam cars were a little cleaner, but you had to, um, it took, took 30 minutes to steam it up. You had to heat up the boiler. To get it going. Uh, the electric cars were amazing because you didn't have to hand crank them. So you have to remember back then you used to have to hand crank to get an old uh, car going. Yeah. And so they were actually at the time sort of sold as comfortable cars for women because you, uh, if you were a, a rich woman from a rich household, you could plug it in at home and then take it out driving around the city. And there was no, there were none of the none of the fumes. And the main thing was there was no sort of arm breaking cranking. Right. Um, Eventually, ironically, it was actually the electric motor, the electric starting motor that killed the electric car because then it made it uh -huh. easy to, to start it. But there were a couple of things that really tipped it. One of the big things was Henry Ford and Henry Ford creating the uh, the assembly line. So he, he put all of his eggs into the ICE, into the internal combustion basket. And no one could keep up with that. And it got to right. the point where they were the cost got driven so low, it was one third the price of an electric car. So wow. that was a huge factor. The, the second big factor was that they found stupid, cheap and easily available oil in Pennsylvania. Uh, hence, Penn State oil, right? It's kind of okay. weird. We don't think of it nowadays. And Texas, of course. But the biggest thing was the First World War. And so you literally had to figure out how are we going to get the boys to the front line? And how are we going to get our boys home? And if you were depending on electric troop carriers, electric tanks, 
uh, you got to be able to charge them. And if the enemy yeah. took out one of your lines, you're, you're gone. gone. Whereas you could bring barrels of diesel, you could bring barrels of petroleum around with you. And so that was kind of the death knell at that point between those three things. So it went into this slumber for probably about 50 or 60 years. We see occasionally in the 50s, 60s and 70s, some of those really crazy sort of hippie cars that are almost like a golf cart with like a, a metal shell on the outside. Um, and then one of the really cool things, you remember this guy, uh, you remember the group AHA, Take On Me? Remember from, from no. Norway, Take On Me, Take Me On. It was this great no. song back in the 80s. Anyway, the guy's name is Morton Harkett. And the guys from this group, AHA, in, in Norway, and any, and any women especially who were, who were teenagers back in the 80s will certainly know who Morton Harkett is. He looks like Patrick Swayze. He's like Norway's answer to Patrick Swayze. These guys got things started in Norway because a friend of theirs brought them to a conference in Switzerland uh, back in probably the late 80s. So when electric cars were absolutely not a thing, but at this conference, this environment conference, which was also kind of not really a thing back then, mm -hmm. they saw this Fiat Panda, which had been uh, retrofitted into an electric car with like batteries underneath the seats and stuff. And they're just like, this is amazing. And they bought one and brought it back to Norway with them and said, we want to make Norway an electric vehicle country. And so what they did is they started this whole publicity campaign where they drove this thing around Oslo and all around Norway, and they would uh, park it and then go, we should have free parking for electric cars. And it would get ticketed and they go, we're not going to pay the ticket. <laughs> and they would, they would drive in the, in the bus lane and they would say, we're not going to pay the toll and stuff like that. So they would keep getting tickets all the time on this Panda. And eventually it got, uh, they, they eventually uh, grabbed the car, you know, the authorities said, okay, we're going to impound it. And so then they have these impounded cars and then they're like, okay, what are we going to do with it? We're going to have to auction it off. Well, no one else wanted it. So then they bought it again at auction and then repeat. And they did this like four times until finally the government went, okay, fine, uncle, you know, uh, yeah. because it was such an amazing publicity stunt that they actually got exactly that, like free parking, free access to commuter lanes, uh, free ferries, um, and, and no, no import taxes on it. And the import taxes are pretty high. Fast forward to last year, 2023, and 90% of cars in Norway that were sold were battery electric vehicles. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Unbelievable. 90%. So they are so far out in front, and they really are showing us a way to go, you need to put those price levers in. You need to put those kinds of um, incentives in. So yeah. I think that it's extraordinarily important. And, and we're starting to see that depending on what jurisdiction you're in. If you're in British Columbia, if you're in Quebec, they're way out in front. It's mm -hmm. no surprise because they've got the provincial incentives as well. So Right, yeah. Um, that's interesting, yeah. Like especially being in Norway where it's cold because that's one of the things that people say, well, you can't have an electric car in, in the cold weather. It's not going to work right. Yeah. So what's, exactly. uh, what are they doing different? Or is that even yeah, an I issue? Mean, Norway is a beautiful test bed. It's like, I mean, Norway is kind of like, it's like Quebec, except not nearly as wide. It's like if you took a slice of Quebec, yeah. that's kind of Norway, because like Oslo is very similar to Montreal. And mm -hmm. then it just goes up to the Arctic Circle, you know. Right. And they've got electric vehicle chargers all over the place. The reality is that actually an electric vehicle to drive it, the motor can go in like any temperature. The motor doesn't care. I mean, yeah. You could be like minus 80 and the motor itself is fine. The only issue that you have is with the batteries. So the batteries, uh, it's a chemical reaction, right? So a chemical reaction, uh, you know, any, any photographer would tell you that they take their film and a lot of them will store their film in a refrigerator or people will store, store batteries in a refrigerator and make them last a little bit longer. So it, it makes the reaction slow down. So you need to have battery management. You need to be able to warm the battery up. The reality right. is when I bought my car, 500 kilometers of range in it, I've, I've mm -hmm. had it now. So I've done six winters in this car. I've done 210,000 kilometers. I've driven out to where you were from. We went out east. We went way into the boonies, like way off grid. There's never been a problem. I've never, ever been white knuckling going, uh, you know, I'm down to 3%. And, uh, I don't know if yeah. I'm going to get a charge. Like it's never happened, right? Yeah. In the winter time, planning that though too, right? Like, you know, especially now when there's not as many charge stations as there will mm -hmm. be in the future. 
Mm-hmm. You, you know, you have to plan. You're not going to go to Timmins, maybe. I'm just, I don't know. Maybe they have some stuff there. They do. But it's like, what happens if you do get stuck? So you do have to plan it a little bit. Yeah. But I, I envision in the future that there'll be one everywhere, right? Yeah. The gas stations we have today for gas yeah. will have spots to to charge our electric yeah. vehicles. They have to. Well, and it's a wholesale. This is the, the interesting thing, right? It's a completely different way of thinking. You have a, a different relationship with yourself and transportation and how you fuel transportation, right? <clears throat> because unless you're at like a big depot or on a farm, you don't have a big tank of fuel, right? In those cases, they might have yeah. their own fuel supply, but you don't have one sitting on your driveway. Yeah. So you, you're always thinking. Your thinking is oh, how many hundreds of kilometers have I got? Where am I going to get fuel? And for the most part, you don't think about that unless, let's say, I mean, I know I had this happen up in cottage country and it's a Sunday and the closest, you know, gas station is closing at 6 p.m. and there isn't anything else around. Yeah. And it's going to be closed <clears throat> for the rest of the evening. So you have to, in, the, in those rare circumstances, as a cottager, you have to go, okay, make sure I gas up now because... You know, it's going to be closed for the rest of the night, kind of thing. That's but it's rare in the city. Whereas the reality for me as an electric vehicle driver, I could actually drive all the way to the cottage, and I literally just plug into the exterior of the cottage with like a level one charger. I just plug in the extension cord. I was going to say the relationship is different. Juicing up, it's a different relationship. It's like it's like our phone. phone. It's like your phone. It's it's and I say it's it's like um, you don't you don't think about your phone. In your normal work day, you plug it in at night, you you take it yeah. out in the morning, and maybe it's it goes recharged. to 70%, it goes to 30%, it goes to 50 If you've been using it a ton, you might plug it in at work. You know, The only time you think about it is if, let's say, you're a tourist and you know, you're away from the hotel and you're shooting photos all the time and you're in Paris. Or let's say you're on a canoe trip and you, know, you want to bring that because you want to take some photos or whatever. Now, all of a sudden, you think you're being thoughtful and you're going, okay, bring a power bank, you know, and make sure I plug it in or bring like a little, like I have a solar power bank, right? Yeah. Um, so those are the only times. And it's the same thing with <clears throat> your electric vehicle. The only time you're thinking is when you're going long distance, right? And you're going, okay, yeah. just take into account where I'm going to stop. You know? Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, I don't have an electric vehicle myself, but my neighbor does. So I get to, by the way, you, I think you <clears throat> taught me this it's a funny story. So he gets yeah. his Tesla. He's had it for a couple of years now. Yeah. He didn't know anything about it other than that it's electric and he likes the yeah. looks of it and all that stuff. So he takes me for a ride and he didn't know that I had already been in one before, which I believe was yours. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I just did a little adjustments on the, the, the dashboard there that I knew where these things were, these settings were. And every time he made a right turn, there was a fart sound. <laughs> he had no idea. Every time he's like, what's that? Is that you? <laughs> and then he, he caught on and I started laughing that I did something. That's awesome. I had to explain yeah, they it. built in all kinds of Easter eggs and oh, silly fun Elon things. Elon Musk is such about. a funny guy, man. He is a funny, he's, funny dude. He's a nut bar. He is. He's, yeah. Uh, I think he needs to stay off Twitter. <laughs> he owns it, bud. <laughs> I can say what he wants. Yeah, I know. He's hilarious, though. He really does. I say, I say to people, he's a he's a visionary in the best and the worst sense of that yeah. expression. So he's yeah. it, it took a visionary to be that outrageous that he would push through all of the phenomenal things that happened to Tesla in its early days, and to get us to the point where where it is now, uh, where you know. He had all the incumbents, all the OEMs running scared. And that, that's the reason, I think it's the reason we've got everyone now uh, producing electric vehicles, why the, the recent Toronto uh, auto show, you know, was so full of electric vehicles. Um, but at the same, by the same token, he's also a visionary in, in yeah. that sense, which is like difficult to, difficult to live with, I would say. Yeah. Difficult to oh, work yeah. for and yeah. difficult to live with. It's one of those things, though, like he might say the, the strangest things or, you know, stuff that gets him in trouble with the SEC or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got to wonder, like, the guy's so smart. Is what he's saying true? Should I be listening to that? You know, it's one of those things where, hmm, I, I wonder, you know, well, I've, if you yeah, or I, I went and said those things, we, it wouldn't go the same way. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination. There's, he's clearly he's clearly dealing with some interesting wiring and some some very challenging upbringing, which has led to 
yeah, led to some some emotional upset. And I think it comes out in the strangest ways. And and I know from a lot of the work I've done with men, I do do some great work with men here in, in town and having having trusted people who are close to you that instead of putting stuff on loudspeaker and saying it out loud or tweeting mm -hmm. it, it's like, mm -hmm. give me a call, dude, doesn't matter, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., give me a call. If you need to offload, talk to me. You know, and I'll 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 give you some perspective, and then you know yeah. you'll, we'll we'll talk in the morning, and you'll kind of go, yeah, I'm really glad I didn't tweet that out. I yeah, think true. he hasn't availed himself of that opportunity. He's probably surrounded by people who are afraid to say no to him. And, yeah, uh, you know what's funny though is I bet you he has a lot more things going on in his head than he actually says. Mm. You know what I mean? Like what we're hearing is the filtered version of him. <laughs> That's scary. Yeah, no, it's yeah. true. I think it's true. Yeah, he he is. He's scary smart. And yeah. uh, it took someone that outrageous to to create what he did. But unfortunately, also, you know, because I'm the EV guy and I talk to some people, there's some people who outright will not go for a Tesla mm -hmm. because he has he's been inextricably linked to the brand mm -hmm. and they object so much to the things that he said. They're like, yeah, I'm never going to I hate the brand because I hate him and they simply won't buy the car, yeah. which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's, it's true. Unfortunate it's unfortunate. That, I mean, brand. people have the right to have their opinions and choose not to do things for various reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. that, that's it's unfortunate, though, because it, it is a good product. And, you know, yeah, he's the, the leader of the industry. And I think he'll be the leader of the industry forever. You know, I hope he's not a Blackberry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Blackberry, yeah. you know, look at us with Blackberry and then now look at them. Well, it's interesting you should say that because he even himself, like it's interesting. So BYD, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that brand. BYD, I've heard of it, yeah. From, I haven't yeah, researched it's, it much, it's but a, I've heard of it. It's a slightly cheesy name. It's from, it's from China. It's called Build Your Dreams, mm -hmm. um, which is a strange name, but uh, an amazing company. And it's interesting that Warren Buffett, who is, of course, the, uh, the Oracle of Omaha, uh, he bet on them eight years ago. So he owns a yeah. huge chunk of it. He bought a huge chunk back when it was a tiny little company. And they're interesting because they were an incumbent ICE maker, an internal combustion car company, mm -hmm. but then transitioned and they were making more sort of plug-in hybrids. And now they've got a, they've got an extremely compelling uh, number of fully electric vehicles. And sort of they, it's kind of like they went through what Hyundai did, you know, only they did it, you know, what it took Hyundai to do in 20 years, they did in like two years. Yeah, that's amazing. From questionable quality in the early days to instantly. And they now have... I think, what is it, the Seagull, the BYD Seagull or something like that. They're selling a lot like in, in Southeast Asia, $15,000 US, wow, that's fully nuts. electric with all kinds of great little doodads in it and stuff. They're buying them up like crazy in Australia because they, they, they used to have a domestic um, auto industry in Australia and they don't anymore. So now they're just like, okay, well, you know, whatever, we'll take whatever's yeah, coming. Well, that price, and of course. They have, they have such incredible solar energy in Australia, of course, right? So mm -hmm. solar is going on everyone's roof. They're, they're, they're putting that on like it's like it's nobody's business. You're talking about their houses, electric cars. Yeah, their houses like yeah. top solar and massive battery storage. So that that is moving really quickly in Australia. And uh, EV adoption is finally happening. And they're, they're similar ish to Canada in that they're an extractive economy. They were they're, they have been and still are pretty heavily addicted to, to coal for mm. electricity. There, There's a ton of mining there and that kind of thing. But this whole um, new energy transition, just because they have now, now that, that solar has been driven down, the price has been driven down so low, it, it, it'd be, you'd be stupid. You'd be, you'd be stupid yeah. to make electricity any other way. So, Let's talk uh, about that for a second, because I know that mm -hmm. you've uh, transitioned into the solar field as well. So you yeah. probably got uh, a lot, lot more knowledge on it than a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just going back to Elon Musk for a second, he mm -hmm. had those um, solar shingles. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea is to build your house with these solar shingles, charge your EV car, and life would be great. But that... Yeah. We haven't really heard of that. Like, what's happened with yeah. that? Is it on hold, or is there issues with it's the unfortunate. panels? It was Solar, Solar City was the company. Yeah, it was owned by his cousins from South Africa, and uh, they um, he he kind of got into business with them, and then kind of ran them out of town. It wasn't wasn't great. So there's another 
questionable thing that he did. And they were actually very successful. They were doing really well. Before they were, yeah. Who are they? What are they, right? They were absorbed. They became part of Tesla. Uh, They created a factory or they took over a factory in Buffalo. And that was meant to be their big whole sort of solar thing. Uh, I mean, it was looked like a really compelling product. I, Mm -hmm. I was, oh, I would love that. Yeah. They, they've had they've had tons of troubles with it. They kind of yeah. trans they positioned over there like mm, we're still kind of working on it, and at the meantime started selling. You know, okay, we're going to have the Tesla Solar, and we're selling regular panels. Uh, I don't think they were even making the panels. I think they were imported. Yeah. Um, so combination of two things: the regular panels. Again, China is just so good at making them. They've driven. They're they're responsible for driving the price down, which is great for all of us. But it also means that any domestic industry, the German panel makers, the U.S. Yeah. one, they, they just can't compete. The only way that Biden and friends are competing is by creating sort of a gated, you know, yeah. putting up all sorts of import duties and so on to try and stop that. Uh, so I think in, in, in Tesla's case, these roofing tiles, awesome idea. They're not ready for prime time yet, unfortunately. Yeah. That's so unfortunate, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Canadian Solar. In, mm-hmm. Right here in Guelph, right do, here in Guelph. they don't manufacture them here, do they? Or, they sure they... used to. They did. I mean, again, this is yeah, uh, yeah. We could get political here. So, I, I I found it a I found it a little depressing. I've been listening to this amazing podcast. I know it's not nearly as amazing as City DNA, but uh, it's called <laughs> Green Green Energy Futures, um, out of Edmonton, Alberta, of all places. You would kind of go, oh, Alberta. You know, what a joke. Of course, it's like the oil patch. But Edmonton is kind of like this groovy little forward thinking. It's, they're they're, they're yeah. like Austin, Texas, you know, like they're this yeah. groovy city in the middle of the, the oil patch. Um, and so this podcast comes out of there and I'm listening to the all of the backlog of early episodes. And they're talking about the early days, like 10 years ago, when Ontario was so far out in front. That's when all the wind turbines yeah. were getting in. That's when yeah. we had solar microfit where you, where you yeah. go, put it on your roof and get paid. I mean, we were so far ahead. That's that's when I got my car. I got fourteen thousand back from the government in a rebate from the provincial government. I got a thousand for my for my charger that I put on my house. We were so far ahead. And then in twenty eighteen, in June, it was boom. just like boom, stop, close the door. Why do you and think that, that was? Stuff, it, sorry, not to get too political, but why do you think that was? Why was Ford, there a Ford government? It was the Ford government. Um, but why would you do line. that, though? I don't understand. Um, because I would, I would say, at the time, yeah. Bo- bottom line is, people people are averse to change, and I think, like anything, he's he, there's a lot of lobby groups. I mean, they're polit- they're politicians, so lobbyists get to come in. Yeah. And so, any of the fossil fuel manufacturers, any people like Enbridge, it's happening right now, like in real time. We can talk about that as well, and the whole Enbridge thing. In fact, we should talk about that. I mean, these guys have a lot of clout and they're like, you know what, see that thing? You need to stop that. And so then the the really cheesy way that they went about it was, oh, look, these are these rich, these are these expensive electric toys for rich boys. And, and, you know, you, you good working folks of of Ontario, you're, you're subsidizing these rich people to play in their rich Mm -hmm. electric toys. It's like, no, this is how new technology, this is how new technology works. It starts at the top. You start with an expensive prototype, which is what the Tesla Roadster was, and then a slightly less expensive and more popular thing like the Model S and the Model X, still too expensive mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And then finally, a compelling one, which is basically half the price again, the Model 3, mm-hmm. yeah. more expensive than I would normally spend, but within reach, I could make the stretch to it. And the 14000 yeah. from the government was just enough to kind of make it affordable. bridge the gap, just like what Norway did. This is what Norway did. They yeah. basically shifted it. So that then for purely financial reasons, you go, okay, this is worth my while. And I think it played, you know, like with any political thing, whoever owns the message manages to, you know, you're the, you, you can bend it however you want. And they bent it yeah. with going, hey, isn't this terrible? Look at all this money going to these rich people. It's like, no, it was, it was a, a way of getting infrastructure. It was a way of breaking that cycle of the chicken and the egg. It's like, yeah. well, why are we going to build infrastructure if there's no cars? Well, why are we going to put cars on the road if there's no infrastructure? It's like someone's got to show. Someone's got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, we as Canadians, we love to punish whoever was previously in government. I mean, the liberals are in for long enough and then they, they run afoul of, of whoever 
they get punished, they get thrown out. Then the conservatives are in for X yeah. amount of time. They run afoul of some sort of un unwritten law, and then they get punished and they're out. Yeah. You know? uh, but what's unfortunate is that what the baby that got thrown out with the bathwater was was our green movement, and we were so yeah. far ahead. We were making real moves, and then it just absolutely stopped. Like, and not just cars, but like greener home grants, all yeah. kinds of stuff. And yeah. so uh, I think. I think, yeah, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of vested interest. There's a lot of people who, who are making a lot of money selling molecules to people. That's really, really what it comes down to now in 2024 is molecules are really good for stuff. Like if you want to buy things, you need to buy molecules. If you want to, if you want to pull fossil fuels out of the ground, it's a really, really great feedstock to be used to make plastics and to, to mm -hmm. make medicines, mm -hmm. to make all kinds of things we need in industry, it's it's a useful set of molecules to, to make industrial things. To burn those fossil fuels in gas, coal, or, or oil, just to get energy, no, we don't need to do it anymore. It's, yeah. it, it's passe. We, we actually don't have to do that. I know a number of people whose houses, they, they literally had the meter cut off. They had the guys come and go cut off the meter. You know, you don't need anything other than a vibrating electrons yeah. to move your car and to heat and light your house you don't you don't well that's need that. kind of the thing like you i'm i'm i sell real estate mm -hmm. to me it's a no-brainer that every house that's built should have a charger built into the garage <laughs> no matter what level it is whether it's a condo or a mansion it should yep. be required yep right and that's what yeah. prevents a lot of us from being able to purchase that. Like, I don't care what I drive. I don't care if it's mm -hmm. electric or gas. I just like what I drive because I'm used to it. Mm -hmm. I drive a Ford Explorer. It uses a lot yeah. of gas. I get it. But it's very right. practical for my lifestyle with taking people to places. I can pull trailers with it. I can do a lot of stuff with it. And I like mm -hmm. the looks of it. Sure. it put it in, in uh, EV. I'm sold. Yeah. But what's it going to cost me? A hundred grand? 120? Mm -hmm. You can't afford that. So I'm right. driving mine till it dies. Right. You know what I mean? Hopefully by the time mine dies, there, there's an alternative somehow. And, yeah. And uh, that's what I would the say first to sign up. Like the, you know, if you're in an ICE car now, uh, hang on to it. And as long as you can, I guess that, that would be my only request of people, I guess, is that is, is not to buy a brand new internal combustion car in 2024. You don't yeah. really need to, like if you need, if you need to, if you want to stay ICE, buy something used or buy, you know, if you really have to buy a plug-in hybrid. But my my big, like I've had this conversation a number of times with friends and I just said, hey, if I can sit down with you and your wife together at the same time and we'll go on a Google Meet and I'll just show you, I'll start showing you maps. I'll show you maps of where all the chargers are. There, It's not like, it's not like a Petrocan yeah. station where you're like, I know where the Petrocan is, right? It's right, you know, it's like yeah. 700 meters away around the corner. It's such they, such a park. <laughs> There are actually chargers yeah. all over the place. Yeah, yeah, there but is. they're small. You don't you don't see them, so you use no. plug share, and then you know exactly where they are. Um, and so, you actually can, like I said, I, I I've done two hundred and ten thousand clicks, and I've never even come close to running out. Speaking plan, of you know. of Fords, mm -hmm. um, they just recently adopted Tesla's charger system or something. That's There's right. an adapter. That's right. I think that's pretty cool. What do you, what do you think about that? Is that yeah, a good that's move? really cool. So so here's how it worked. I mean, in Europe, in Europe, they had a thing called CCS2, Combined Charging System 2. Mm -hmm. And then Tesla, of course, came out with their connectors. So there was Tesla and CCS. And then Europe being Europe, they're really great about this. They have no problem regulating stuff. They kind of go, listen, we want a functional society. A functional society is more important than everyone just doing their own thing, right? So... CCS2 is the standard. That's what you're going to do, right? So then Tesla's like, oh, okay. Hmm. All right. So when they introduced the Model 3, it came with the CCS2 port, which was okay. the same as all the other cars that were being produced. And then they provided an adapter for their legacy Teslas, right? So they provided the adapter so that people with the normal right. Tesla thing could, could go CCT, CCS2. Yeah. So it's been like that in Europe since 2018. Everyone's playing by the same rules, same port, same yeah. simple. Over here, we had three. We had Chatamo, which was originally from Japan, and that was the Nissan Leaf, right? Mm -hmm. So they had their own thing, and that came over to North America along with the Nissan Leaf, which is a very popular little car. You still see some of those old 
bubbly ones. It almost looks like a like an AMC Pacer. It's pretty hilarious, yeah. like a miniature one. Um, and then CCS one was the official standard. So that's the SAE, the standard. Uh, uh, what is it called? Um, standards of Automotive Engineers, something like that. Society of Automotive Engineers standard, right? So they're like CCS2, that is going to be the standard. Meanwhile, Tesla had already been using theirs, and they're like, uh, I don't know about you, but this is working great for us. And even though it was only one company, it was like 85% of the market. Exactly, yeah. And so 15% of the market was using CCS2, although it made up all of the other manufacturers combined, which was like you know 12 or 13 other manufacturers. Fast forward to the summer of 2022, mm -hmm. Jane and I are out east, and I'm kind of going, <clears throat> yeah, it's probably just a matter of time before we have to go CCS2. Like, you know, everything's going to increase, uh, every, you know, or CCS1, sorry. We're going to go combine charging system. I'll have to get an adapter. It's going to happen. I assume that's what was going to happen. About five months later, in November of uh, 2022, doesn't, our friend Elon Musk say, by the way, welcome to the North American charging standard. That is like Tesla. <laughs> it's now the North American charging standard. You know, yeah. I, I, de I declare it to be so. Nice. <laughs> and I was just kind of like, well, that's a very Elon thing to say. And I was like, yeah, good luck with that. Um, and then, fa but, I was, but I was thinking, yeah, it'd be nice if it's true. Fast forward to May of 2023, and they've been lobbying in the background and going to all the various manufacturers and saying, hey, you know, we know you like our charging network. Would mm. you like on? If you come on board, uh, you use our standard. We're going to open it up. Like, we're not going to throttle it. It's Smart. not going to be like ba like Sony Betamax where they're like, yeah. we're going to license it out and we're going to make money. It's just like, yeah. it's free. It's free. Please use that. it. Right? It's, it's nuts. <laughs> no, it's nuts. Good. So, so by May of 2023, Ford was like, uh, yeah, we want on board. Like, there's just no contest. The Tesla supercharging network is so far in front of any of the other ones. Uh, and then GM, and then Mercedes, and then Hyundai. And then it was like these dominoes in the space of literally four weeks, all of the dominoes fell, with the exception of Volkswagen, who mm -hmm. created Electrify America as their mea, mea maxima culpa because of uh, the diesel gate. So you remember the whole diesel yes. thing with, yeah. with Volkswagen. Part of their uh, reparations was to create Electrify America. So they're like, mm, we don't, you know, we don't want to come on board with Tesla's thing. Uh, but eventually they had to relate because like, what are you going to yeah. do? You're going to be this yeah. like ridiculous little outlier, you know. So it happens so quickly. We're now in this really weird transitional time where if you buy a Tesla, you're great. You're future forward. You're, you're, you will have no problems. If you buy any other car right now, it still has a CCS1 port in it, right. even though your manufacturer has already declared that they're on board with the other one. So they're going to provide an adapter for those drivers, for anyone who buys the car, any legacy cars or any that are made up until like the end of this year. But at some point before the end of this year, those manufacturers are going to start making their cars with the NACS right. port, North American Charging Standard, aka Tesla. They're going to make. <laughs> That's them. so awesome. So we're in this slightly bizarre one to two year kind of like wonky transition. But if you get yeah. yourself, if you want to get into an EV right now, I would say to people probably buy yourself either a new Tesla or or get a get a used one. Like there's a ton ton of good yeah, used ones, especially on market, if you yeah. go to Quebec, right? So yeah. Quebec is an amazing source for used EVs uh, because the prices have been driven down, the used prices have been driven down by the lowering of the new prices, which have been driven down by Tesla. And on top of that, um, in, uh, in Quebec, they have the 5,000 federal plus 7,000 provincial. So people are getting 12,000 off of their, their ticket price. And, yeah. So as a result, the used market is very, very reasonable. Very so low, if, you went, yeah. if you just went on auto trader in Montreal and said, what can I find? Um, you'd, you'd be in great shape. You could get a really, really great car for, I don't know, somewhere between twenty and thirty thousand. Ah, I was hoping you say ten. <laughs> yeah, not yet. When if, if BY if BYD comes to Canada, look out. Yeah. It's going to be well. It wasn't too long ago when you could buy a car for ten grand. Maybe mm. twenty years. Well, maybe not twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking 
What well, did I pay? My, yeah. I had the most basic, like the most popular Canadian car, Honda Civic. So I got a, a, a basic Honda Civic in 2012, and that was about 21000 Bottom, so, I would, would have said. Why do you think electric vehicles cost so much? It seems like they should be cheaper because there's not a lot in them. Yeah. There's less moving but, parts. So what's going on with that? Yeah, that's a great question. It's the battery, right? So when I bought my car, uh, the battery, the battery alone was 40% of the price of the car. Okay. That's come down already a lot. So batteries, batteries are doing the same thing that solar panels solar, are doing yeah. the same thing as, uh, you know, about Moore's law regarding computer chips, right? So Moore's law says that every 18 months, every 18 months, a computer chip gets half as expensive and twice as twice fast, as fast, yeah. right? For solar, I think it's for every doubling of the solar capacity in the entire world, the price drops by 25%, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and with batteries, I'm not sure what what that one is, but I, we, we can look that up later on. Um, but we are, we are now below the magic number. The magic number of parity was $100 US per kilowatt hour of battery space. And I think we're down. We're now down at like seventy-five dollars or something like that. Like it's going like deeper. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So uh, that actually brings me to the question that I wanted to ask a while ago. Mm -hmm. So I get all of the benefits of being on electric, and mm -hmm. you know the you know, noise and no pollution, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I hear a lot about, and I have zero knowledge on it, is mm -hmm. how do we dispose of these batteries and how long do they last before we have to dispose of them? Do yeah. you happen, do you know what, what the process yeah, is? I love, I love that you said, said how long do we have them until, until uh, they're gone, right? So there's, there's what we call embedded carbon, right? So when a, when a, when a, if, if you were to compare a regular ICE car and let's say a regular um, battery electric vehicle, let's say they both have the same amount of embedded carbon in the body. That's how much, how much carbon was used up making the steel, make it, yeah. bending it, doing all that kind yeah. of stuff. So let's say that those are equal. And then a battery comes with an extra embedded carbon, you know, amount for the battery itself. Right. right? So when it rolls off the line, it has more of a carbon deficit, if you will. Now, yeah. if you are in the smelliest, most coal burning uh, state in the United States, and I'm going to say the U.S. because there are no, there's no provinces like that in Canada. We have a pretty clean grid up here, right? Mm -hmm. So even if you're in the most coal-burning state, it still uses less carbon. This is a, this is a classic myth. People, go, oh, you know, if you if you're plugging it in, then you're burning it in in carbon. It's still more efficient. It's still way better. It would take you five years. So five years in in an entirely coal-burning state. Five mm -hmm. years, you would be at parity for, right. for the coal burning. And then, how long in, does it last beyond in Canada, that? It's one. It's Canada. It's one year, and the battery wow. itself. So this is the thing. So I'm I'm six years in in my car, and I'm already at two hundred and ten thousand kilometers. This I'm way ahead. Like I'm probably had about ten years of car use because it's the only car we use. The ICE yeah. car stays in the driveway. We any any time someone has to drive a distance, that's the car they take. Right. So. Um, when, uh, it, it, th this car will go for at least 10 years, maybe 12 years, I'll probably get 400 or 500,000 kilometers, but the car itself is going to fail before the motor yeah. and the battery do. Once the battery's done in the car, now you can actually take it out of the car. Let's say the car is totally pooched and it's the point where mm -hmm. you're like, yeah, the, the suspension's gone and you know, there's problems with the, with the chassis and you're like, okay, let's just, you know, it's done let's say at 500,000 kilometers, you take the battery out and you've now got a battery that still has about 70% of its original range. So instead of mm -hmm. having 75 kilowatt hours of space in it, let's say it has around 58 kilowatt hours. It's still really useful. You can take 20 of those and put them inside a shipping container. And now you've got grid storage. Interesting. And for grid storage, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Like it doesn't, freaking matter because it's just sitting there. It can be as just, heavy yeah. and as, so then you get another 10 years out of it as grid storage. And then when it's done, you can take all of those, all of those uh, minerals and you can recycle it and what they're finding now. So one of the, one of the, I think it's JB Straubel, who was one of the founders of Tesla. 
he's since branched off and created his own company that recycles lithium ion mm -hmm. batteries. They right. can take all of those, the cobalt and the nickel and the lithium and separate it out and then reuse it again. And it's a complete closed loop. That's interesting. So all this is something that people get, they get really enough up in arms and they're like, yeah, oh they yeah, yeah, all the, all the, mar the mining. Once that stuff is mined, those batteries can be in a continuous loop. I mean, there's going to be small amount of waste, obviously, but nothing like what people are thinking. Like, yeah. The difference yeah. is when you, when you mine those fossil fuels, you take that stuff out and it's gone. It's in it's the gone, yeah. There is no closed loop. There is no recycling that stuff. So, yeah, there's yeah. gotta be in the future where, you know, so the, we'll take the mining of, of the components for electric batteries. Mm -hmm. And at some, like right now it's using carbon to mine that, but I'm sure that they are using some electric vehicles for that and it's getting better and better and better. And soon it will just be a complete, I don't know what you'd call it, like a, a system where it's neutral. Yeah. A right? fully electric ecosystem. Yeah, you, yeah you exactly. Yeah. And I mean, what's really interesting, this is really where it gets interesting is that it, you make a really great case with your, your truck and you go, Hey, my truck really, you know, my Explorer suits me, but if you want me to spend $120,000 for something that's the equivalent of electric, it's like, I'm sorry, you know, I'm a homeowner, I'm a working guy. Like I just, I, it's too yeah. much. The interesting thing is that in industry and especially what we're seeing down in the States, because it, it's gotten a bit of a goose from the Biden administration and this, the whole IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, yeah. um, people who operate fleets, it's only about dollars, right? Yeah. The whole thing about logistics or the whole thing about operating a mining operation or anything in business is how can I do it faster and cheaper, right? And what they're finding now is that using electric transport and using electricity is way, way cheaper, right? No um, doubt, of course. So we're gonna geez, we're we're getting into the electrification of things like in mining. Yeah, um, you see, the problem that I have with with all of that stuff is, mm -hmm. I don't I, like I don't claim to know all the details of stuff. I just sure. hear things and have just kind of my thoughts. Yeah, go ahead. And it seems like in every single industry throughout or the the world, you know, we talked about the electrical electric vehicle being available in the eighteen thirties. I think you said. Yep, it's always been industry and money that yep. has either propped something up or pushed something down. Yep. And it's it's kind of a shame that that's the case. So it feels like there is a way to create electricity without a lot of cost. And the pushback is, well, what about all the other people making the money on, you know, oil or whatever else there is? Yes. Yeah. You remove that. I, I think we could... I think we could have a complete um, electric system there with, with no problem and it'd be free. I mean, I, I've heard uh, Tesla created, uh, Nikolai Tesla created free energy. I don't know if that's true or not. I just, you know, you see it on YouTube or whatever mm -hmm. it is. It's the pyramid. Yeah. It's the gold thing on top of the pyramids. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah. Right. I, mean, I don't I know think... if that's true, but it, it's, it's, it could be, you know, and I think yeah. that with technology, we could figure something out. Like, John, I heard that you can get electricity out of the air. Yeah, I True? mean, there, there's the classic sort of Newtonian thing of sort of, you know, uh, conservation of mass and conservation of, of, of energy, right? And energy doesn't just magically appear out of somewhere. It gets yeah. transferred from one place to another, right? True. So there's it, it, the, the law of physics apply. Um, it's just that what's, what's really happening in the case of solar, for instance, is that there's a massive amount of solar power coming down all the time and we just don't use it. So now it's a matter of how can we harness that? Yeah. And this is what I love about the, the whole idea of the green economy and why I'm, I wouldn't say I'm, I wouldn't say I'm super lefty. I'm, I'm a big believer in letting business like it's a, I, my feeling is it's up to government to set the playing field. It's up to government to say, here's the rules of the monopoly game. And here's, you know, the get out of jail free card and here's the chance card and here's how it works because this reflects the values of our society. Mm -hmm. And then it's up to the rest of us to play and go, how am I going to win? Like, and, and, and if you set it up correctly, if you set it up in, in a really smart way, rather than saying, oh, people trying to do things for the lowest buck and trying to do it cheaply, isn't that terrible? Isn't it sad? And it's like, 
uh, no, it's human. <laughs> like we yeah. all want to try and get as much value for as little effort as possible. Mm -hmm. We want to get as much good stuff for as little expenditure. Like that just makes sense. We've spent our, we've spent hundreds of thousands of years as like human beings, beings on the planet playing it that way. And I think it's good for government to just kind of go, okay, how can we harness that natural desire? Like in Norway, where you mm -hmm. go, okay, here's the, here's the rules. If you really want that Mercedes, it's not going to cost you 70,000, which is what it costs in Germany. It's going to cost you 95,000 here because of all the excise. And that Tesla over here, which is a little more pricey, instead of it being 100,000, uh, we're going to take the excise off. It's going to be 80,000. So now you're comparing two very similar a Mercedes S-Class and a Mercedes Model S or, and a Tesla Model S. And this one is now 80,000. This one's 95,000. And someone yeah. in Norway is like, yeah, well, of course, I'm going to go for this one because it's cheaper and I like it a lot better, you know. <laughs> and it just makes it just makes sense. Like like that to me is is the classic yeah. thing. And, and, and really good green economics basically says there's a huge amount of waste. Like there is waste everywhere around us, right? Like, a, like a, an internal combustion engine is only about 32% efficient. So that means 68% of all that embedded energy that's sitting in your tank just gets blown off into the environment in the form of heat. Yeah. And green, green economics says, what if I could take that waste, that wasted 68%, and what if I figured out a way to capture that, and I gave you 30%, and then I kept 30% for myself as my profit for coming yeah. up with a cool business idea? You're still getting from A to Z or A to B or A to D mm -hmm. as easily as you ever were, maybe better, and we also don't have the waste and I'm better off and you're better off because it's cheaper. Like, yeah. and we can just keep looking like that to me is really exciting to keep looking around us and keep going like really great engineers and going, where's the waste? Where's an opportunity to, to take something where we, you and I then play a, uh, we play a non-zero sum game, yeah. right? Where it's not a case of you lose and I win or the other way around. It's like, we're both winning here. We're, we're taking something that's of no use to both of us, which is waste, and mm. we're turning it into value. And that's what an electric vehicle does. So instead of it being 32% efficient, it's like 95% because yeah. it's super, super efficient. And that's where we're at, you know, with society too, is you mentioned it earlier too, is that there's a transition period where, you know, you talked about Tesla's being more expensive, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and the regular folks could afford it. So the Ford government, you know, put a kibosh to that, mm -hmm. but it's the same with, uh, energy. The, mm -hmm. One of the arguments that people use against EVs is that, oh, we're, we're going to burn coal to supply the electricity to, to, for your electric vehicle. Yeah. That might be the Canada. case for a short period of time in any given place, because right. you have to get to the next level. Right. You know, what I see in the future, and I don't understand why it's not as not any quicker is every house should have solar panels on the roof. Totally. They should have a built-in EV charger. Mm -hmm. The house should be able to essentially run off of itself, yeah. but not for much more cost. The problem no. is right now that the cost to do that for whatever reason is so expensive. And in mm. fact, I think, I think builders, this is just my opinion. I think builders mm -hmm. put a premium on that because it's a cool thing. It's not necessarily because it costs a lot more. It probably mm -hmm. does. And again, if you get them in volume, it's not going to cost that much more. I just think it should mm -hmm. be standard. But everything, yeah, again, everything these days is so expensive. So yeah, but, I agree that. I mean, and I, I think this is where, at some point, again, this is where the government comes in. And you, I mean, the cynical people would say you get the government you deserve, right? So the government is ultimately a reflection of our values, or you hope you hope that it is. Mm -hmm. And if you've got a good system. And this is one of the issues I have with first past the post. It's not really an accurate reflection. If we had proportional representation, it would be a very accurate reflection. People, mm -hmm. people could actually vote with their hearts and their minds mm -hmm. as opposed to going, oh, I better vote for this person because I don't want that other person. That's, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I also yeah. feel that if we, if we had proportional representation, instead of being this crazy whipsaw swing between conservative government, yeah. liberal government, conservative government, which neither of which fully represent the entire populace. If you had proportional representation, you would get small changes in yes. the political, which would actually represent 
the reality of, of Canadians' actual value yeah. system. And those, those political entities would have to cooperate with each other. Uh, and, and you also wouldn't have this wholesale thing, like I said, of, of Ford kind of going, okay, everything that the Liberals were doing, we're going to burn it to the ground. We're going to take our yeah. napalm guns. We're just going to flame it to the ground. You wouldn't do that because you would actually need to be cooperating with some of the other parties. You might be forming a coalition government with them. So you're not yeah. going to burn bridges, right? Um, and it seems like some of the most functional places, zero yeah. proportional representation. So it's so funny, John, a lot because, to do with that. because you, like I, you would describe yourself as being left. I would just describe myself as being right. But the, I would say honest, not left is what I would say. Okay. Yeah. I, I would say that neither one of us have moved off of our position. It's everything else has moved away from us. The goalposts have moved. They've gone mm -hmm. to the far end of things. Like, I believe that, you know, in the conservative government for some of the things that they do, you know, balanced budgets and all that stuff, I don't think you should be giving away so much money. But yeah. I also believe in being good stewards of the environment. I believe mm -hmm. in in the rights of humans, no matter what yeah. you believe. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. we just get, if we say we're on a certain political um, preference, we get yes. pushed right to the other side. I'm an extremist. Yeah. Right. And that is just a function of our society, social media. Everything has to be one or the other it has to be black or white. Um, yeah. And it's a shame that we just can't actually, you know, sit down and talk about the real issues. 100%. You know what I mean? And yeah. so and it's the other thing polarized. that, just, yeah. you know, in terms of politics, mm -hmm. I've always thought this such a dumb system, because what happens is the government comes in, like you said, they tear apart everything the previous government did. Mm -hmm. They get maybe a year, we'll say, of stuff done. And then the next couple of years, they're just trying to hedge their bets because they have to get voted in again. Mm -hmm. So they just say a bunch of nice, fluffy stuff that they think appeal to whatever crowd of the day. And, and you can look at that in the last federal election where yeah. the conservatives didn't get the votes that they probably would have normally got because um, I forget that I'm so bad at names, the politician that was the head of the conservative party. Mm -hmm. kind of flipped over to being a liberal. What he was saying was exactly what a liberal Aaron, was saying. Aaron at the time. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so all the hardcore conservatives wouldn't vote for that. Right. It was just, that's what he thought was going to get the votes at the time, and it backfired. Yep. You can't have that. You got to, you know, have your political party. Um, and I think that they have to go away from the extremes. It would be nice if we could come back to center a little bit. Mm-hmm whatever that was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we certainly seem to be, well, and I would say part of it is with, with the internet, it allows people to then occupy their own echo, cha echo chamber, right? So you then absolutely read stuff and then it feeds you more and more of what you're already into so that everyone goes into their little echo chamber and, and it, it, it self, it's self-reinforcing. It's so true. Uh, and it can certainly exacerbate mentality. Yeah. And so they should yeah. change the algorithms because that's all built for ads, yeah. right? Yeah. Change the algorithm for everyone uh, re regurgitated information or whatever they call it, retargeting, I guess it's called. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have to have one of the opposite opinion. Interesting. Wouldn't that be great? Well, and it would take, again, it, 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 you know, you get the, you get the government you deserve and you get the policies you deserve. And it really starts, and this is where it's interesting for me as an educator, it really starts with education. And it's no surprise, it's no surprise to me that in my view, the countries that seem to be so far out in front and we ultimately, 30, 40 years later, we finally end up getting their policies anyway, because we kind of go, mm, maybe maybe we'll try that. Places like Norway, Sweden, Finland, mm -hmm. like the level of education and the value they put on education is extraordinarily high. And so as a result, you then get a populace who comes out and goes, okay, we get it. Like it really, it really comes yeah. down to your ability. It's actually your ability to make a bargain with a future version of yourself and say, I'm willing to forego maybe some things that I want immediately, like the cheapest and nastiest version of this and this, in exchange for putting some money in the bank account, if you will, for future gain. And I can yeah. see, I can ex actually extrapolate late. I can see where we're going. I can see the docs so far. This is, looks like this is where we're going. And I think we can agree as a society, this is where we're going because we've all had a really rich schooling experience. We all yeah. get it, you know? Um, and I, I, th I think it's really, really sad, you know, when you see governments as well, just, just yanking, yeah, yeah. yanking the, the rug out from under 
the education system, you do that at your peril. Um, yeah. Because we, we need to have people, people who are well-informed and well-educated are going to make really good decisions. They're going to make future. Yeah. And that's honestly my, my yeah. view. I think we're headed in the right direction. We just had, I think over the last, I'll say five years, but exacerbated through COVID where mm -hmm. we've just had this turbulent period of time. But mm -hmm. I think that we're, we're settling into the direction that we're supposed to be heading in. Yeah. And um, I think it's from people like yourself that are doing the education of people. Uh, you know, I think everybody should take the time to think about how they live their life, the impact on the environment. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter what political view you have, it's still yeah. our planet. And we still, yeah. you're not going to throw garbage on the side of the road. Yeah. One thing I love about Canada is that that's, it doesn't happen too much. You go to some well, places we, in the U.S., you're, it's bad. You're young enough to not have you're – you're a good bit younger than me, and you're young enough that you wouldn't have known that time. It was In the 70s, it was a thing. People literally would just hurl garbage out the window. And I can remember driving down to the States and seeing signs that said, you know, it showed a, it showed a tin can, and then it showed a, a gavel, and then $200. Yeah. And it's like it's – like, I remember what? that. Yeah, but I mean, it was a thing. Like, like, like the, it was littered because people would just go, just throw the stuff out. And we had a change. We had a societal change that because we kind of went, yeah, this is not sustainable. It's gross. I don't oh, want to live in your garden. Disgusting. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, be, and that worked because that was visible, right? You could see the results of people's actions. You could see them offloading. You know, making a temporary easy decision. I'd rather not have to go and collect the garbage from my car and walk three meters over to, uh, yeah. uh, or back then three yards over to, to a big can and put it in a garbage can. Right. He's just like, I just want to chuck it out the window. And then people went, this is ridiculous. Like look, yeah. we can see the evidence around us. So pretty quickly that change where it becomes challenging with things like CO2 is we can't see it. I mean, if you yeah, got enough right. of it in a room, you're going to be dead. Um, yeah. you'll, you'll know that it's, <laughs> it's there in that situation, but, the whole idea of climate science and so on, uh, it's irrefutable from anyone who's actually a scientist, but for people who have a vested interest, there's, 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 there's the vested interest groups that are now being called out by the state of California and literally being treated like tobacco companies going, you knew, and we're actually going to take you to court, right? And you're smart enough and knowledgeable enough and you were selling, you were selling a story. Mm -hmm. You've also got a huge group of people who are just nice, good human beings who are, who are upset by change, right? Mm -hmm. They don't yeah. mean anyone any harm and they're not, they're not willfully um, being, being negative, but the idea of change is just upsetting to them. And, and I get, I get that. I, I honor and, and I, and I, I, I hear that. And, those are the people who, if you look at the adoption curve, they're, they're not the innovators for sure. They're not the early adopters. They're probably not the early majority. They're the late majority or they're the laggards. They're the kind of yeah. like, it's all too much. It's moving too fast. I don't get it. And, and they, want, they want to be sure that things are okay. Like, I'm not going to buy an electric vehicle unless I'm like 100% sure that they're, I, they're, I'm, I'm in a sea of electric chargers, right? Yeah. And I get that not everyone is wired to, to be invigorated by change or to be even okay with change. They're actually really upset by it. And I think it doesn't come out. It never comes out. Human beings don't have the wherewithal to go, yeah. oh, I'm just really upset by that change. They, they get angry and yeah. they start screaming and they start calling people names and they start uh, stomping, right? Yeah. Um, even, yeah, even yeah, you know. It's true, true. I think mm -hmm. the one thing that would change all of that is the cost. You know, it's no different than computers. I remember my first computer, which was slower than my my phone by far, my phone, mm -hmm. floppy disk and all, was a thousand bucks. Right. I still get a computer for a thousand bucks today. Isn't that yeah. crazy? That's more as that, law. That will be cars. Yeah. You know, EV cars. I think it will get cheaper over yeah. time, or at least stay 100%. stay at this level. Especially electric vehicles. And I, I wish I could remember the gentleman's name, but he's kind of an oracle with this stuff. I, 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 it escapes me right now. Michael, no, I'm not sure. Um, and uh, yeah, so he actually predicted the $15,000 US Chinese car. He said in 2023, there's going to be a $15,000. And people are like, you're crazy. It's like, 
it does it doesn't make any sense. And when you understand the way exponential growth works, it does make sense. But our brains, this is where it's interesting. Richard Dawkins talks about this. Our brains were evolved in middle world, not middle earth, like as in J.R.R. Tolkien, but <laughs> middle world. Middle world is like I grab a rock and I throw it and I can predict in my own brain what that's going to look like. I throw a yeah. spear. I know how that's going to go. That's Newtonian physics. We don't get things that are really small, which is like quantum level. And we don't get things that are ridiculously big, like black holes, relativity. Right. They, they don't make any sense to our brain. So if you can, if you can like astral project out of your brain into those worlds, then all of a sudden you can dwell in that. You can, you can utilize the knowledge of that for in, in, in a useful way. In the same way, we're seeing this where there's exponential growth happening in, in, uh, in the, in the electric vehicles, in, in the electrification of everything, there's, there's reductions in the price of photovoltaics in batteries and so on. And this is why it's, it's going to catch people by surprise um, because it, it's not linear. Um, and it's exciting. You know, it, it, it is like, as you were saying before, like we should be in a position where, I mean, we're not going to be able to pull electricity out of the air. There's still conservation of mass, conservation of electricity, but it's going to be pretty much as if that were the case, mm-hmm. because efficiency will continue to bound us um, and the cost will get driven down ridiculously low. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. John, we've been over an hour and we can probably oh, go yeah. more than that. Yeah. We only talked really pretty much about EVs and we still have yeah. solar and all kinds of other stuff. So sure. what I'd love to do is to, if, if you have time in the, in the next couple of months, sure. give it a little bit of break and we'll have uh, another conversation. And by then maybe EVs will be even cheaper then. Who I knows? But I thank you it. for your time. I know you're yeah. a busy gentleman, uh, yeah. vast of knowledge, and I, I learned um, exponentially today. So I appreciate your time. Yeah, Thanks, John. Reading, uh,